I came back and told my husband, who wasn't best pleased. Well, he he just didn't think I should be doing it at that particular time in my life because I had two very small children. And I was so determined and I'm very tenacious um, that I was going to do it and I was going to make it work. Absolutely. And, you know, it took a lot. I had to go out and find the artists. I went to art shows. I went to exhibitions. By going out and researching, looking at other galleries, by, you know, just traveling around and seeing what I could. It was hard, um, really hard. And now, you know, I'm in that sort of blessed position where people now come to me and knock on my door, which is when I, you know, I really realize how lucky I am to have created such a business that people now, well, artists now come to me. Hi there, my name's Willie Russo and you're listening to Interview with an Artist, the weekly show where we speak with a range of art world players. Gig Moses is a great example of the creative vibrancy that blossoms in regional Australia. You see, Gig is the owner and director of the Maury Gallery. And chances are, if you're an Australian art lover, you love one, if not many, of the artists Gig shows. Artists like Ginny Faulkner, Joe White, Emily Person, Brooke Dalton, Jackie Anderson, Sarah Bishop. I could go on, but we would be here all day. And on top of her amazing stable of artists, Gig also has a loyal following of collectors. Now, it wasn't always that way. Gig has invested over two decades of energy and resources and love into getting the gallery to where it is today. Gig's generosity of spirit nurtures artists on to greatness. And her generosity of spirit extended to us here on the podcast. Among other things, we talk about her life at the gallery and some of the misconceptions about Maureen, her advice to emerging artists and also new collectors, and how an accident with her beloved dog, Fredo, led to finding a new artist for the gallery. If you don't already, follow Gig on Instagram at the Maureen Gallery. Enjoy meeting the wonderful Gig Moses from the Maureen Gallery. Gig Moses, thank you so much for joining us on Interview with an Artist. How is it in Moree today? Well, I can actually say it's raining today, which is fantastic for all the farmers and especially for my garden, which needs a bit of rain and to green up that lawn, but all good. How are you, Willie? I'm well. I'm well. I've been watching on the news that there is a mouse plague out your way. Are you seeing the effects of that? I can tell you, Willie, if a mouse even puts its little nose to the crack in a door, I will have a fit because we did a complete rebuild on our little cottage. And one of the things I said to the builder was, I never, ever want to see a four-legged friend with a long tail come anywhere near my house. But you are absolutely right. There is a mouse plague and also there's a locust plague as well. You know, if it's not one thing, if it's not a drought, it's a plague of something or other. But, you know, that's life in the country, life in the bush. It is life in the country. Now, you are the director, owner and founder of the Maury Gallery. And I'm, you have a fabulous accent. So you were not born in Maury. <laughs> 
no, I wasn't born in Moree. I will just correct you on one thing. I, I, I'm not actually the founder of the Moree Gallery. I actually purchased the Moree Gallery from um, the previous owner in 1996. Okay. So she had been running it for about 10 years, and it was the only gallery in Moree. Since 1996, we now have a regional gallery, BAM, Bank Art Museum of Moree. We have the Mihai Gallery, which is attached to TAFE. And we also have Yamaganu, which is the Indigenous Art Gallery. But you're quite right. I wasn't born in Moree. I was born in England. Um, and so it, how did you end up there? <laughs> how did I end up here? Well, I came out here in 1986 on a holiday really to catch up with Australian friends in Sydney. Um, for no other reason, I was going back to a job. As I mentioned to you before, um, my background is interior design and I had three weeks holiday and I met my husband and returned to England and we had a sort of long distance romance. We married. Oh my God. Okay. Let's like set expectations. Long distance romance when there's no text messaging. There's no. no internet. No. <laughs> Nothing. It, it's what's known as snail mail and the telephone. But it was, wow. look, we, we made it work. I made a few visits to Australia. He then eventually came to England and we got married at the end of 1987 and moved to Australia. And the rest is really history. And I was lucky enough to be offered um, a part-time job in the Maury Gallery under my predecessor's rule, so to speak. And it, it just seemed a perfect fit for me, coming from interior design and having an eye for, I hoped, what Maury would want. And I've gone from there. Wow. That's so interesting, right? Because, I mean, I would say the Maury Gallery, in my mind, is definitely, you're kind of like the fairy godmother of the art world, I think, particularly <laughs> here on the Eastern Coast, because you have this wonderful eye for picking out emerging artists and then kind of jettisoning, jettisoning their career by A, giving them that kind of first exposure, that first go, and then they then be are seen by you know, a wider audience, different galleries, different curators. Have you always had a great eye for art or is it more just the style side from the interiors world? Well, I was brought up with art all around me. Um, my Both my parents were collectors. But it's, I think you're very generous in your comment that I'm a fairy godmother. I certainly don't feel like it. I may be the age to, I may be, the age to be a fairy godmother, but I, I don't feel like one. But really what I wanted to do was provide a platform for new artists, whether it was just being a stockroom artist or to guide an artist or artist towards a group or a solo show. Because... When they, when they have absolutely no idea, they, they, you've got to help them create a work timeline, which I'm sure you can understand. Yep. Identify really how many works are required, the sizing of the works, the framing, the pricing, the delivery, and the documenting of the exhibition. Because 
it, it's all important. Being an artist um, isn't just sort of picking up a brush and working on a canvas. And I, I really do feel that galleries should and can help artists um, to reach their potential by by guiding them and helping them. Um, and, you know, I've been very blessed with some fantastic artists. I mean, there's no doubt about it. Many of them, um, as, as you know, Willie, are ex-National Art School. And mm. I bring up, for example, we've talked about Margaret Dix, mm. we've, um, Sally Faulkner, James yep. Needham. Um, yep. Then you've got your wonderful, I mean, You've interviewed Emily Person. Um, who's oh, such a, a fabulous, she's such a sweetie. Yeah, and she's such a fabulous artist as well. Absolutely. Her work with a palette knife and also Sarah MacDonald as well are just, they have such a deep connection with the Australian landscape and a real feeling for space. And they've got a real freedom to their work. Um, and then on the other side, you have the lovely Laura, Melbourne-based Laura White, who is a realist artist and specialises, which, again, um, still life work, beautiful blooms, ceramics. She has a great connection with nature. Um, love her work. And then you've got Sally Tompkins, who had a solo exhibition in the gallery last year. And how she came into my life was... She actually bought. Can I tell you a quick little story? Yeah. Oh my God! Please do. Please do. <laughs> um, she rang. She had seen some ceramics that I had put on my Instagram account, and she rang me and she said she wanted to buy a particular piece. I was absolutely delighted. I had no idea that she was an artist. Anyway, I packed up this beautiful plate that was a piece by Rachel Stead brought it home and I was greeted at the door by a rather large chocolate brown Labrador who was overexcited and as I walked <laughs> in the door I dropped the plate <gasps> and it smashed. Oh. oh no. So obviously I immediately got on the phone to her and I said you'll never guess what's happened and she's a great dog lover. Um, Fredo caused me to drop her plate and she said, well, never mind, never mind. You know, these things happen. And I said, I'd reimburse her. She then went on to say, would you be interested in having a look at my art? Now, I never say no to anybody. Or I try not yeah. to. Sometimes yeah. it's quite hard when I'm inundated with requests. And I took a look at her work. She has all, she'd been having classes with, um, in Sydney, in Glebe, or Balmain, I can't remember which. And, I suddenly saw these wonderful, wistful interiors, port portraiture of the backs of children. And on the spot, I said, I'm really interested. Would you like to have an exhibition? It completely took by surprise. <laughs> um, and she did it in March last year. And we sold 19 out of 25 paintings. Oh, which... that's amazing. So, you know, it's very exciting when you do find artists like that. and you know, other artists in the gallery. I don't know whether you've checked out Lucy Hersey. I did. Like, is she paint with dirt? Like, is or <laughs> earth? Like, is, I know that sounds very layman's, but I was looking at her this morning and I was going, oh, my God, I think this lady is painting with, like, earth. Well, she paints with plant ink. 
and plant okay. pigment. All her artworks are very textured and they are in very earthy colours. I just think her work is so unique and different and a completely different approach. She's definitely one to follow. And of course, there's Joe White, who, oh, I love you know, and, you know yes. with her humour and painting the vernacular. I mean, she's just so incredibly clever. And, you know, there are just so many of them. But I do enjoy working with the artists. It's setting up a relationship and a trust. And, you know, long may it continue. Okay, so you the gallery had been around for about ten years when you and you had been working there how long part time until you then took ownership? Probably only gosh, it's, this is going back probably about four years, okay. but it was only part time work. It wasn't full time work at all. But it, it, I also found it as a wonderful vehicle to meet people in this district. Yeah, because coming yeah. from coming from England and living in the country, and we lived um, thirty two kilometers outside of Moree, and I didn't know a huge number of people. But by working in an environment where you're seeing people all the time, walking in, walking out, you know, I got to know so many more people, and it was fantastic. Were you petrified when you took over as owner? <laughs> no. But I can remember when I did, I really wanted, it was offered to me because um, my predecessor actually went on to be director of the regional gallery. And I came back and told my husband, who wasn't best pleased. Well, he, he just didn't think I should be doing it at that particular time in my life because I had two very small children. Okay. And... I was so determined and I'm very tenacious um, that I was going to do it and I was going to make it work. Absolutely. And, you know, it took a lot. I had to go out and find the artists. I went to art shows. I went to exhibitions. I was going to say, how did you find artists before the time of Instagram? By going out and researching, looking at other galleries, um, by you know, just travelling around and seeing what I could. It was hard, um, really hard. And now, you know, I'm in that sort of blessed position where people now come to me and knock on my door, which is when I, you know, I really realise how lucky I am to have created such a business that people now, well, artists now come to me. It's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, and look, and that that is because what is it now? Is it sixteen years that you've had? Fourteen years, sixteen years? Oh God, really? It's twenty twenty two years. What? <laughs> twenty two years. That now, is, don't oh my go God. calculating Wonderful. my age. I'm not. Thank I'm you. not. I'm not doing any of those. I'm not doing any of those calculations. But you know, you have worked worked hard and it's 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 understandable that people are now kind of knocking on your door to have representation or even advice or guidance from you because you you have got an eye and you have been in the industry and you're well established so that's yeah it's wonderful it's wonderful to see that that is now um, the position that you're in 
what what has been one of the highlights of being at the gallery? I think the highlights are really there are so many. I just think being able to sell my artist's work, you know, finding homes um, for works from all different sorts of artists. I don't think there's one particular moment. I think it's it happens every time I sell a painting. I think, great. And, you know, I, and I'm, I am very enthusiastic. So that sort of goes to the artists too and they're thrilled so I don't think it's just one thing you know every time I sell a painting I'm absolutely thrilled to bits yeah what's your impression of the year in art to come oh that's a tricky one um look we were very lucky um in 2020 um being in lockdown people working from home, not going out, no international travel, and so many having either job keeper or job seeker. And I think people had hope that the mm. pandemic would end by the end of the year. And they were very happy to spend the money that was going into their bank accounts on perhaps what they had perceived as a luxury prior to the pandemic. As we all know, this has gone on and obviously job seeker and job keeper are being wound back in March. And I don't actually think there'll probably be as much free money around. However, it doesn't mean that we're going to sort of pull up stumps. Um, you know, I've got a wonderful exhibition program for this year. I've got great stockroom artists. I've just taken on two three new artists you know we will keep um we will keep things will keep turning over absolutely absolutely you've got to be positive and i've got wonderful art collectors and as again i know i'm repeating myself but great artists and you know we will just keep going and being a small regional gallery along with a lot of other ones in northern new south wales you know, we rely heavily on um, social media. We all have good websites. We're all very accessible. Um, I think we all give very good service, which, you know, from a collector's point of view, they know that they can get in touch with you if, you, if they want more photographs of the artwork, um, other artworks by the same artist. You know, we will do it. I will do it. Um, yeah. You know, I'm the... It's- it's like that country hospitality. Absolutely. And being bricks and mortar too, I mean, it's a very inviting environment. We do have other things in the gallery because obviously, you know, I can't be guaranteed to be selling a piece of art every day, but there are always the sort of the add-ons which people will come in, whether it's a card or a piece of ceramic or, you know, something along those lines. Yeah. If you could change one thing about the art world, what would it be? Uh, To make it not so privileged. And probably what I mean by that is that, you know, you don't need riches to start collecting art, do you, Willie? 
no, you can, no. <laughs> I mean, you can you can start small, and your collection will grow. You know, there are so many lovely young artists that I think you can. I think it's got to be very accessible, which it obviously has become, and it's becoming even more so to everybody. Um, that would be what I would like to see. What's one piece of advice you you have or give to artists? Funnily enough, I actually asked one of my artists yesterday. I was on the phone to her, and I said, "What would you like to know as an artist?" <laughs> she was very black and white. Um, oh, what'd you say? <laughs> well, she said, "Well, she wouldn't go into a gallery unless they were very well researched." how long they've been operating for, their website, um, their presence, and a very active presence on social media. This was actually Laura White that I was talking to. So you know, yeah, okay. she'll probably be listening to this. And obviously yeah. choose... Hi, Laura, if you are listening. <laughs> Hi, Laura. <laughs> um, and obviously a gallery that's going to be a good fit for your work. I mean, if, you, yeah. if you're an abstract artist or um, an or you paint in oil still lives, you aren't going to go to a gallery that, pure, that deals purely in realistic watercolours. Yeah, there's more, more and more I'm speaking with artists now and this gallery artist fit is becoming more and more prominent in the conversations. And I think it is really important as the art world does grow. Like you said, when you started in Moree, there was just the Moree Gallery. Now there's... There's a whole suite of galleries. And so how do you, is it, do you have a conversation with the artist before you kind of, like to determine the fit for each other, how does that process work? Well, I've got a pretty good idea now of what will work in the gallery. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm not 100% right all the time, um, but Obviously, I research. I've got a few new artists this year. I won't, I won't spoil the surprise by telling you, but I really looked into their work before I decided to take them on. And one of them I had approached about 18 months ago, and she'd actually said that she was committed to other galleries. And she then subsequently sent me an email saying that things, circumstances had changed and that she would love to join the Maury Gallery. And, of course, I was absolutely tickled pink. No, I look, it's pointless me having work in the gallery that I know that I'm not going to be able to move. I mean, you know, yeah. it, and I always say to artists, it's great to be online, it's great to be on social media, but you should try and do both if possible. Because mm. being represented by a gallery gives validity and credibility to the artist because a, a director or curator isn't going to take on an artist just for the sake of hanging them in the gallery. They want to sell the art. They want yeah. to introduce the artist to the collectors. And the bottom line is, it's my reputation. Yeah. I think that's very important. What's one piece of advice you have for a new collector or someone who's thinking about buying a piece of art for the first time? Let me ask you, Willie, when did you buy your first piece of art? 
Oh, well, gig. It's funny you say that. Um, I got my first piece when I was 12. Oh. I didn't buy it, but my parents took me to an exhibition and asked me if I liked anything. And it was an exhibition. It was just an exhibition that was being held in the apartment block where we spent our summer holidays. So there was an artist who knew someone who lived in the, one of the apartments above and, and they had art. So um, I have I have a piece. I selected a piece when I was 12. But then as an adult, I would say the first piece I bought was actually like from a cafe in Perth. You know how you go into cafes yeah. sometime and there's artwork on the wall? <laughs> I just really liked the, the picture. So... And do you still have it? I do. It hangs in our living room and I love it dearly. Well, I think that's really the answer to the question you put to me because every collector has, bearing in mind, I'm not an investment gallery, you know, and there's a big difference between investment art and decorative. Tell us your take on that. Tell us your take on investment art and decorative art. Well, my take on it is that investment art, you probably need um, an experienced art advisor who probably has access to international art as well as Australian art and a great depth of knowledge. Um, I would say that the Maury Gallery is for first-time buyers, decorative art. I try and keep everything under $3,000. So yeah, you can okay. walk into my gallery and you can buy a piece of art from $500 up to $2,950. Yeah. And, you know, for a first-time collector, that's probably a great way to start because it's rather, yeah. like I said, you don't need riches. Set a budget. Um I've got a son and a daughter who both love art and they've both bought art and they, my son is 32 and my daughter's just 30. Um, identify your taste a little bit, you know, research the artist that catch your eye, whether it's in a magazine or whether it's on all those thousands of Instagram accounts. Oh my God, <laughs> thousands, right? The scrolling, the endless art oh. scrolling. I mean, you really do sometimes have to pull yourself out of the wormhole. <laughs> well, you do, and you can, it, it's a beautiful time waster, really. Oh, it's such a beautiful time waster gig. <laughs> um, right, okay, so set a budget. Start out small in terms of financial commitment and, and I guess, yeah, buy something you love, right, because you're going to have to look at it. Absolutely. And that's work out where you want to hang your artwork. Is it in your home? Is it in your office? Um, will it stand the test of time? Meaning if you, if you move state or you move from the city to the country or the country to the city, will you still be able to hang that piece of art in your house you know will it always have a place which I've always said to both of my children do you like it enough that it will be with you forever rather mm. like you having that piece of art that you saw when you're 12 years old you've got mm. it now and you love it I do love it yeah what's one misconception people have about Maury oh that's a can of worms. 
Um, geographically, Maury is eight hours from north of Sydney and an hour and a, an hour and a half south of the Queensland border. Probably the misconception is that it's a dust bowl, it's an agricultural area, there's nothing to see, nothing to do. Well, we do have the, an artesian basin underneath Maury, so we've got the wonderful hot springs and pools for people who come all the year round to take the waters in Maury. We have the four galleries and we have space, really. We have lots of beautiful space. It is hot in mm. summer, but autumn, winter and spring are beautiful up here. Yeah, I was going to say, what's a peak month to visit Maury? We have our annual Wine and Food Festival at the beginning of May, Maury on a Plate, which is a great time to visit. The gardens are looking gorgeous and we have wonderful parks as well. I always have an art exhibition in conjunction with Maury on a Plate and I've got a group exhibition um, this year with nine artists which sort of heralds the start of Maury on a Plate. Margaret Dix is one of those artists. Um, I'm looking and Sally Faulkner, Sally Brown, Sarah Bishop who you've spoken to, Sue Rousel, yeah. Kirsty Gautron and the exhibition is entitled An Easel by the Door. So they can oh, either beautiful. look they can look in or they can look out. Oh, that's beautiful. Okay, that's in May. Yep. Beginning of May. Okay. Beginning of May. Okay, we're on to the quick fire five gig. Oh, you're making you me you're making me nervous, <laughs> Willie. You're making me very nervous. <laughs> Don't be nervous. Don't be nervous. Are you ready? <laughs> great thing is I know you can always delete this <laughs> <laughs> I'm totally leaving that in <laughs> um, okay quick fire five what's your star sign Sagittarius coffee tea or champagne champagne favorite snack kettle chips oh very good one particular flavor plain Oh, okay, nice. A band from your 20s that you played over and over and over again. Talking Heads. First, last, or never on the dance floor. First. Gig Moses, thank you so much for joining us on Interview with an Artist. I, I look forward to one day having some champagne chips and a dance with you on the dance floor when we cross paths in person. Thank you, Willie, very much. It's been a great privilege to have you interview me. And, um, speak to you soon, I know. Bye.